Welcome to Milligan Radio. This is Behind the Curtains. I'm your host, Caleb Lehman, and I have two very talented actresses with me this afternoon, Hannah Stam and Peyton Chambers. How are you guys doing today? Pretty pretty dandy. (laughs) All right. I am so excited to have you guys here in the station. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. So one question that I was wondering is, when you guys first auditioned for The Importance of Being Earnest, did you get the role you initially auditioned for? And if not, what was the role that you wanted? Um, I really love The Importance of Being Earnest. So there wasn't like a specific role that I was super interested in. I was just hoping to get cast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only called back for Mrs. Prism. So I assumed that's probably what I would end up getting. But I didn't have anything really specific in mind. Right. Yeah, I... The show is pretty pretty new for me, but after I read the script and watched it, I really wanted Cecily, so I'm really happy because that's the part I got. But I just resonated a lot with her, and she's a fun character. Oh yeah, and like in rehearsal, you guys, oh, I don't honestly because um, Will and Ryan last week we were talking about this um, during their interviews. It's funny how it was phrased. I was telling him that, because um, Professor Francis, she always talks about, oh, I like, I love this cast so much, it could not have been cast any better. And I was telling him how she basically has the perfect NFL draft of, like, the <laughs> cast for the show. <laughs> and you guys just nail the roles you were given. You guys are naturals. They're so much fun. And uh, so, Hannah, I know you've had a lot of um, theater experience. We, we got to work together a few times with the Barter Youth Academy in years past. But how long exactly have you been doing theater? Um, so when I was about five was probably when I was in my first show. Oh, wow. Um, my family is a theater family, and I grew up basically in a theater. Mm-hmm. So before that, um, with the community theater that we were involved in in San Antonio, they tried to get me to do shows earlier, and I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then they convinced me when I was about five, and I pretty much haven't left the stage since. So. That's really cool. So did you have like uh, that moment where you go on stage the first time, you're just like, oh, I love this, and you just basically been in ever since? I I really don't remember the first time I was on stage at all. I remember I was in um, a rendition of Oliver Twist mm-hmm. and I was like an orphan or something like that who was like trying to get more porridge or whatever. <laughs> but I don't remember much from that experience, but I obviously liked it enough that I kept doing it. <laughs> cool. Mm-hmm. How about you, Peyton? Have you have you had a, a long history of theater or did you just kind of start doing it? Or Because I think I heard from your brother that you did a few things in high school. Yeah, I actually started in fourth grade, and it was actually because of my brother, which is surprising because he's a runner now, and I'm the one who stuck with theater, but (laughs) yeah, so I started in fourth grade, and I've been doing it ever since, and yeah. That's awesome. Do you you remember what your first show was? Um, It was, I think it was, okay, it was either Peter Pan or (laughs) May May. I forgot, like, the full title, but it was something about the arts, something being May May, but yeah, it was a really fun show. May May. I don't know if I know that one. It makes me think of Hey Hey from Moana. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. yeah. I love that character. <laughs> right. Just, you know, like for, for a show, just get to be Hey Hey and just walk, walk around. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. So with these characters that you guys have, Miss Prism, uh, or, well, I should specify on the air. So Hannah, you're Miss Prism and Peyton, you get to be Cecily. What is your favorite thing about your character? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say my favorite thing about Miss Prism is that she is kind of 
in some ways two opposites at the same time where mm -hmm. she is like this very nurturing like oh i'll take care of you all the time cecily but then she's kind of hateful and really is like if you sin you will burn in hell forever so she's <laughs> like she's kind of encapsulates both sides where she's like extremely like you get what you deserve in the end but then also like oh i'll take care of you right so it's kind of fun. do you think that's how she is naturally or do you think she might have bipolar disorder <laughs> I think definitely that um, Oscar Wilde was kind of poking at Catholics a little bit. And right. so I think that was kind of his own view of Catholicism. Got you. I mean, and that would make sense because they were definitely like that several hundred years ago. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. And how about you, Ce uh, I almost called you Cecily. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, Peyton. So what is your favorite thing about Cecily? I just, I love like her spirit about life. Like she's, mm -hmm. she's constantly like just moving around and like she's living in the clouds basically she's in her own little world mm -hmm. and she's has a mischievous side too which is super super fun to to yeah play out but yeah she's just a very energetic 18 year old gal you know right <laughs> yeah and you and you play that so well like you have this this um every time i see you in rehearsal when you play cecily you just you have this light in your eyes that's like i am an 18 year old kid and i don't care what anyone says i want to see the world and i want to do what i want you know and it's it's great because that's exactly what cecily is she's this free-spirited woman who's and i like how professor francis pointed this out is in some parts of the play you act like you're naive but you're you're smarter than other people think you are or maybe more than your character gives herself credit for mm -hmm. and so there's a lot more that you know about the world than you're letting on and that gives you the edge which is really nice yeah. I, I like i like that spirit that you have and and you just like you just nail all the lines where she's just like you will burn in hellfire <laughs> this, i mean like it's so fun to hear you say that because it's like you and you know I, I imagine that you would be able to do this really well with the theater experience that you have you just say a line and just flick a switch and you just say something like super just in your face kind of thing <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so fun. I'm not a very angry person, but theater mm -hmm. is where I can let myself get a little more angry than I do in real life. I just so. turn to the dark side rayfully. <laughs> <laughs> so with uh, with Miss Prism and Cecily, in your own personal take, how do you think their relationship is with each other? Like, is it kind of mother and daughter? Is it like child babysitter like or just close friends like what do you guys think it is um i feel like i've had a lot of we've had a lot of fun exploring that dynamic in rehearsal of whether it's like irritating pest <laughs> and like annoying bossy woman or whether we're kind of fond of each other i think we've kind of leaned toward being more like i don't know like strict aunt and niece maybe yeah 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 <laughs> yeah it's really cool it's it's definitely a complex relationship because mm -hmm just with like Cecily's like position like with her family and everything so it's almost like a mother relationship except not because like you're my teacher but <laughs> it's cute there's there's moments of like you can see the love there and then there's other moments of like I'm not listening to Miss Prism she's so annoying but <laughs> yeah it's so yeah a kind of like an aunt niece relationship yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool I like that so I have to ask Peyton were, were you homeschooled um no, I mean, until second grade, but other than that, no. Got you, because I know you were homeschooled, and I was homeschooled, because that's kind of how it is when you're homeschooled, that your mom is your teacher, basically. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, you're kind of like my mom, but you're also my teacher's, oh, you know, because... <laughs> 
I personally, I really enjoyed being homeschooled. It was because I mean, I I could just kind of learn at my own pace, which was really nice. But yeah, it it has that that complicated relationship where like it's like, oh, mom, you're so great, I love you. And it's like, can we can we go play in the snow? And it's like, no, get your math book. Oh, you know, Cause, <laughs> yeah. and that's honestly probably the one drawback to being homeschooled is that you don't get snow days because you don't have to go anywhere. But you also get like spring days where it's like it's really pretty. We should just go to like a water park. True. We, I got lots of spring days. Right. Where my dad was like, eh, no school today. He's like, it's it's like, it would be a shame to spend inside doing school. Be like, the day's beautiful. Let's go outside. Okay. It's really nice. It's more lenient. So, and with your characters, do you think that your characters are more um, uptight or, or loose or lenient? Like, how, how, how would you describe your characters? Like, do you think that they're kind of always on edge or what do you think um well my character she is very loose i guess Mm -hmm. i don't really know exactly how to describe it but she yeah she's very like free-spirited she just wants to live life to the fullest um yeah she she hates i mean i don't think she hates school but she'd rather be picking the flowers and yeah (laughs) she's a very very free-spirited individual Mm -hmm. um i think for miss prism she at her heart of hearts is very free-spirited and really admires and loves the free-spiritedness about cecily uh in my research i was kind of seeing that in victorian times the governess was considered like morally responsible for their ward's upbringing and if they were like unsuccessful adults then the governesses would be held personally responsible for their moral failing so i think she's in kind of a tight situation where she's like i need to make sure this child doesn't disgrace herself right (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know that that's that's interesting it's like um it's almost like mandatory homeschool mom sort of (laughs) Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. And you know, and pr- Professor Francis, uh, a couple questions that, that she wanted you guys to be asked on the air was, um, how has the play um, influenced how you are currently acting? Like, is it anything new that you haven't done before, or has it has it taught you anything about theater? So, uh, Professor Saxton's, like, specialty is in the Meissner technique, uh, which is probably one of the first techniques I was taught in acting, and Mm -hmm. so since then, I've tried other techniques, but Meissner is really my favorite. So it's been a really nice, like, kind of return to what I was most familiar with. Um, Gotcha. So that's been really nice. That's cool. Yeah, for me, like, it's definitely different from what I did in high school, but Mm -hmm. I love it, like, so much. Like, I've learned so much from, from Professor Saxton, and... It's just been really nice to, like, like we'll do the scenes, like, over and over and over again. And it's really helpful learning lines, too. Cause, right. Yeah, because you just keep doing it, and you can, like, match it with the motions at the same time. So then that also helps, like, with memory. But, yeah, it's, like, my at my old school, we used to just, like, run through the whole show and then run through the whole show again and just keep doing that and, like, do blocking on the way. But this is really nice because you get to, like, dive deeper into, like, the motivation behind, like, what your character does in each scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's and that's really so important because you you have to, um, like she says during rehearsals, you have to know the purpose of your character. They're always coming from something. You're not just going on stage saying your piece and then leaving. There has to be other parts of the story that happen off stage for you to be able to do your role properly on stage. And 
I've loved having her as a theater professor because with when you mentioned the the Meisner technique, something that you're more familiar with, I had never heard of the Meisner technique until this year when I had the independent study with her. I've never had a director that, at least that I recall, I never had a director that told me how do you feel doing this. It was always you know stand here, do that, do this, feel this emotion when you hold the cup, you know, and, and, <laughs> instead of. Um, just go with it. Just go with something that you want to do and see how it works. And I love that she does that. It gives it a um, more uh, creative independence for the show. And you guys are just taking it in stride. Like, you guys are being <laughs> so creative with your roles. Because I remember um, in, uh, I think it's, I think it's like scene eight when Dr. Chasuble just about, is just about to come in. I love how you know, you're supposed to be doing your homework and you're just sitting there writing in your diary and Miss Prism's like, oh, now I have to take her diary from her because she's getting distracted again. <laughs> that kind of relationship is with, with you guys on stage. The audience is going to love that, just being to see how how much you bring your characters to life. And, and really, that's one of the most important things about being an actor is being able to, to take this character that you have been given and bring the person to life. Because I'm sure you've probably seen shows where some people really do that justice. They can go on stage, and it there's no no shadow of a doubt, this person is this character right now. And then there's other plays I'm sure you've seen where you look at this character and you're thinking, I honestly can't tell if this is the character or the person themselves. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Oh, for sure. And I just wanted to point out, just for people who haven't heard of Meissner Technique before, yeah, go for it. Uh, Professor Saxon would obviously be able to give kind of like a simplified version of it more succinctly than probably I am going to give. Um, but basically the idea is that you know your motivations for the scene and you know what your character wants in every moment. And then you just kind of let the emotions come through that. That mm -hmm. it's not about forcing emotions or forcing yourself to feel any particular way, but just like really understanding what your character wants and then forgetting about everything else and just living in the moment and just going for those goals in different ways. So it's thinking and then not thinking, basically. Right. And I love that because when you mentioned um, the not forcing emotions, forcing feelings, that kind of delves into into method acting. And I know that that's really looked down upon in, in theater nowadays, particularly because of Heath Ledger after what happened with him when he did the Joker role. Um, I think after that, people really realized at um, how dangerous that kind of acting could be. Uh, so I'm, I'm really glad that we have other other methods like the Meisner technique so that we can be really creative and into the roles without going so far as in, into method acting. I think that's really, really good that we have that option. For sure. Have you ever heard of the Meisner technique before you came here to Milligan? No, I haven't, but mm -hmm. it's changed my life, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I love it. I think it's great. <laughs> Being able to just sit there and, and really just process the thoughts of your character. And you can just yeah. sit there and, and really, like, listen to your other actors and ask yourself, what would Cecily do right now? Like, would would she pay attention? Nah, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> just do her own thing. Um, and I love that... Um, like, really, everyone in the cast has embraced the roles that they have wholeheartedly. They're just, they're just giving it everything. And it gives the play so much life. And I cannot wait to see the audience's reaction to everything. I think, like, this show is definitely going to give people a healthy dose of endorphins by the, <laughs> by the end of the night. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. So, 
who do you think is um, your favorite character besides the role you were given? Mm. I'd probably have to say Algernon, but partially that's just because Ryan just brings so much joy to everything he does. <laughs> right. He's just like a little firecracker, so you kind of <laughs> can't help but smile when you're watching him on stage just because of how much joy Ryan has. Oh, yeah. Um, so I'll probably say Algernon. Algernon. How about you? I I like Dr. Chasuble. Dr. Chasuble? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, he's, no. he's, he's such an interesting character. Like, you don't really know what to think about him. <laughs> it's like, hmm, is he, like, one of those, like, preachy, preachy guys? Or is he one of those, oh, look, it's the flowers? Yeah. And then, you know, kind of guy. Which is interesting because that's how kind of I view him, too. Like, you, like, one moment he's supposed to be this guy who's preaching from a pulpit. And then the next he's like... Oh, look, it's a rose. I haven't seen those blooming at all this year. You know, he's just so easily distracted. You know, I honestly wonder if Dr. Chasuble has ADHD. I don't he know. Might. I don't know. He might. Just, I feel like he's so easily distracted and his mood switches so quickly. You yeah. know, I mean, he always seems to be happy all the time, though, at least in, mm-hmm. in some form or fashion, which I kind of like. But yeah, those the roles, I think. I, th- I agree with Professor Francis. I think this is the perfect cast for the show. Everyone has just has that personality that coincides perfectly with that character. Because I remember, let's see, uh, with Miss Prism, it's interesting watching her on stage because she has that, that moment where she's teaching Cecily and she has that, that kind of look in her eye as if she is remembering something from her past that she's trying to pass on to Cecily or maybe it's something from her past that she doesn't want Cecily to have to go through herself. Mm-hmm. Would you say there's a few moments like that in the show? or uh, There are. Some of them are addressed later on, so I mm-hmm. won't give spoilers right. to, to the deep, dark secrets of Miss Prism's life. Um, but <laughs> I think she definitely is trying to help Cecily learn from her own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And that's really one of the best, um, best people that you can that can mentor you is people who really care about you and understand hey you know i've made this mistake in my life so i'm going to change how i would teach this this particular subject or topic so that way they don't have to experience the pain i did mm-hmm. and that that's really the kind of mentor uh character that that's really enjoyable and those kinds of mentors are like all over you know in, in stories everywhere and that reminds me, I love how when Professor Francis teaches, she pulls something from her own acting career and says, you know, this is something that helped me or this is how I felt when I did it, but I realized that it was actually beneficial to me. And she's passing it on to us because, you know, thumb, uh, thumb, listen to me, some uh, theater, theater directors kind of hold all the secrets, you know, until later on, or they'll only reveal a little little bit by little bit are only what's needed but with professor francis there's like no no secret she's like i'm gonna give you everything you need i'm gonna give you everything i think might be helpful and it's really great because a lot of it is very very helpful have you had any moments in in the play uh peyton where you just kind of sat there and thought i never knew that about theater hmm um I don't know. Like, I don't know. There's been a lot of moments, like, in this show that I'm, I don't know. I've just learned so much. Right. Like, like there's so many times I'm in a scene and, like, I've just 
gone like so much into my character because of like what we've been practicing that I'm like whoa I kind of forgot like <laughs> that I was actually Peyton for a second like you <laughs> just dive so deep into it that you really just like get lost in the scene which is a really cool feeling but but yeah yeah I, I don't know <laughs> no yeah, that's really cool how about you Hannah um I'm kind of in the same boat where I'm like I don't I, I can't think of any like specific moments but um, definitely just focusing on being present in the scene, I think is just so important because that's when you kind of lose a lot of your like nerves and all of that because you're focusing on your character's goals and like, I need to do this and this is like my ultimate thing that needs to happen right now. So then you kind of are able to more fully delve into your character and kind of forget mm-hmm. all of the other Hannah issues. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's a good question for you. In your acting history and career, what so far has been your favorite show and the show that you hate the most? Or rather, I should phrase, <laughs> I guess, the show that you like the least. <laughs> um, my favorite show that I was ever in uh, was Antigone. And I got to play Antigone, which was cool. And I just loved that character and that story so mm-hmm. much. Um Probably my least favorite show I've done is this meta show called The Real Inspector Hound. Hmm. It's really confusing and like halfway through, so it's like there's these theater critics who are watching a play and then halfway through the theater critics are in the play and then they get killed. It's very confusing. That does sound Um, very confusing. So that, that, I'm not a fan of meta theater. So that was not one of my, my favorites. (laughs) Right. How about you, Peyton? Do you have a favorite and least favorite? Um, probably one of my favorites was just at my school, at my high school, we did, um, Seussical this last year, which is so much fun. It's just such a colorful show. And I got to be Gertrude, which was really, no way. But yeah, it was, it was, it was honestly so much fun. And it was a great way to end, um, my senior year Mm -hmm. with theater. But, um, yeah. And then a show I liked the least, uh, Probably, I mean, this was from like fifth grade, but yeah, that's did. okay. It, it, <laughs> it's did. in your acting career. Yeah, yeah, we did um, Pied Piper at my school, and I mean, it was it was fun, but there was a lot of like bigger words, and <laughs> the language is just hard for fifth graders to learn. And but it was fun though, because I I was a Pied Piper and I got to play a little penny whistle, <laughs> and I was bad at it, but I mean, it was still fun. But yeah, that one it was hard to learn the lines because it was a lot of big language yeah. right it's like reading the genealogies in the old testament yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like and all those like uh, um, like i don't know how to say that yeah it's like uh, methuselah like <laughs> you know you got all those big names and you know, it's interesting because all, all these uh all these characters you know sometimes even the characters themselves have hard names because with dr chasuble i'm always second guessing how i should pronounce it you know is it is it chasuble or, or chasuble or chasuble you know I, mean, <laughs> I think originally i thought it was chasuble like, that doesn't sound right very weird. Yeah. <laughs> it does like just chasuble i like i mean I would hope no one has a name like that. They probably got made fun in high school every day. I think we should all just start calling you Dr. Chisubal and see <laughs> why uh, Professor Saxton says if she's like, what happened? You know, I bet two minutes won't go by without her saying something. Wait, stop. Everyone it's, stop. It's, it's like, this town's too weird. Do not call him Chisubal. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's, that's oh, man. I, I love really just talking about theater with all these different 
aspects to it and histories of shows. And I remember seeing you in Antigone, mm-hmm. and you did such a good job <laughs> playing that role. And I actually, I was talking with um with Will, and I realized that he played your significant other. Yeah, he played Heyman in that show. I had no idea. That was before <laughs> I met him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, wait, you were him? Yeah, he was, he was fantastic. That's honestly the best role I've seen him in. Yeah, he um, did such a good job. And Will was like, hey, that was before we met. So, yeah, that was that was really cool. And I think, let's see, for me personally, the first show I ever really did that I remember, because I, I probably did some theater as a kid, but I don't really remember too much of it. Mm-hmm. But when I first started, I did Anne of Green Gables. Mm. I got Gilbert, but I only <laughs> got to play the first half when he was a jerk. And the uh, the other Caleb got to play him when he was a nice guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see how it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of frustrating. But, I mean, I think personally it was good for personal growth looking back on it now. Because with how I am in real life, it's very hard for me to play the guy who's just mean. Oh, you see, know? I love it. Really? I love it so much. I love being the bad guy. Oh. It's my favorite. <laughs> see, for me, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of complicated for me. Because it's not really black and white. There's there's all these different shades of gray in between. Because now, if I get to play a villain, I can do that. I like playing a villain. But if I'm playing like a jerk or just someone who's just mean for the fun of it, mm-hmm. it doesn't feel right. You know, because it feels like they're just being mean for the sake of being mean. But that's what's fun about it is you have to find out the reason why in their story they are the hero. Because everyone's the hero in their own stories, even if they're the mm. bad guy in the overall story. True. So then you have to make up all the reasons why they are morally right in their own perspective. It's mm-hmm. I, I find it fun. Right. Because, you know, <laughs> you have those characters that, um, you know, I am evil because... You know, this such and such happened, and you know, maybe like I don't know, maybe he lost a wife or a kid or something, or vice versa. Maybe it's a female villain. Maybe she lost a husband or a kid, and she's just evil now. But and maybe maybe part of it is just because I can't stand bullying. Like my number one pet peeve is bullying. Like if I ever see bullying happen, I just want to pound the guy's face in. You know, it just it just doesn't feel right. So when I have to have those roles, I'm just thinking to myself, this feels so wrong. Like my <laughs> parents would kill me if I did this. Mm. Oh, yeah. so I, you referenced that Will and I have done a lot of shows together. Mm-hmm. We've been performing together since, like, 2015 or something like that. So we, we've been performing together for a really long time. But I have to tell a Will story because I feel obligated to as his friend. <laughs> right. I, uh, hope, I, hope, I hope he's listening. <laughs> so we were in High School Musical together. And then we were in, like, two more shows. And in one rehearsal... In this third show we were in together, he comes up to me and my friend named Hannah, and he's like, oh, good morning, Hannah. And then he stops and looks at me and is like, now keep in mind, we've been in three shows together. He's like, oh, I'm so sorry. What's your name again? And I'm like, my name's also Hannah. Right, right. (laughs) But yes, so it took him three shows to learn my name. But I will never let him live that down, especially since we've been doing stuff together for so long now. That's hilarious. I love that. Like, wow, we had scenes together. (laughs) Right, right. And I think that was right before I got there, I think, because I moved to Tennessee in the fall of 2015, but I didn't start until spring of 2016. So... Will and I probably just missed each other mm-hmm. in in theater. I think we were in different groups though too. And Will's such a great actor though. Like he does a really great job playing his role. So Peyton, have you ever had um a show that you just you were just really really um connected with? Like take for instance like uh The Importance of Being Earnest with Cecily. Is there certain aspects 
of her character that you connect with in real life? Like, is, is there anything about her that, you know, makes you stop and think, hey, that's me in this kind of situation? Yeah, actually, I thought about that a lot, like, when I first got cast. Um, because she, she's always just, she's just very, like, curious, and she's always moving around and and yeah like I said earlier in her own little world Mm -hmm. and sometimes I feel like I'm like that (laughs) because there's so many times I'm just I can't stop moving I'm always like oh look at this and oh look at this and and yeah it's I don't know it's really cool just seeing how I can connect with her in some areas and then other other areas of her character like I have to um really like study and like try to put myself in there I'm like how how is she feeling in this but but yeah definitely the 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 curious and yeah the curious and energetic side of her (laughs) yeah yeah, i really like that how about you do you have certain uh qualities of miss prism in the show that you kind of identify with in real life Hmm. it's a different type of character because she is like so hostile at times um i think there are things in life that i do get very defensive about and very much like this is not right Mm -hmm. and we should not accept these things because this is not right so there's that uh righteous indignation i guess that i will have not about the same things miss prism has but trying to kind of tie those in of like imagine instead of talking about just like someone partying a lot like they're doing something else that i would get very upset about Mm -hmm. um so i guess that would probably be the way i would connect to her Gotcha. Very cool. And I, I love it when you have those moments because that's when really you have that for sure, that surefire connection with your character. And that helps you bring it to life because you can look inside yourself and say, hey, this is kind of like me. And then that's when you can, um, I think in those moments, you can be more into your role and more energetic because you're thinking to yourself, you know, this this is almost exactly what I would do in this situation. And so you just kind of like really just throw it out there. And I, I love those those kind of those kinds of times in shows where you, just, you have that favorite moment in the show that you just really want to want to beat to death for the audience. That's always fun. Mm-hmm. So if you could have if you could be in any show that you wanted, like like your dream show, like for for instance, like for me. I have always wanted to be in Lion King. Like, mm. And if I could call dibs, I, <laughs> I would be Rafiki. I would love to be Rafiki. That's my dream, dream role in theater. Now, you are not an African-American, typically woman. Right. But... No, but, I mean, see, like, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah, like, in the movie, he's a guy, though. But, yeah, like, I, I, would, I would love to be Rafiki. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like those, those plays that it's kind of... It's different, you know, if a different group of people did it. But if I could, right. no, I, I would be Rafiki and Lion King. That's all, always what I wanted to do. So do, do you guys have, like, a, a, a dream role or a dream play that you've always wanted to do? Hmm. I probably have, like, a list of them. Right. <laughs> I think of one. <laughs> um. Lion King's always been been special to me. So that, that has kind of always stuck out to stuck out. I, I mean, it was... You know, probably my favorite Disney movie growing up. That's why I like it so much. I probably, from a musical, I'd say Catherine from Newsies. Because I love Newsies <gasps> I was so about much. to say that. Twins. No so way. On the same. Twinsies. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to think of another one. No, no. 
I'll just say we can we can say the same thing. Say it's true. But we can have the same dream. Yeah. We just can't audition against each other. Yeah. Not sad. <laughs> no, yeah. I love I love Newsies so much. Mm-hmm. And my family will all like bop out to the songs in the car yes. together. It's so fun. But I'm trying to think of other shows. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard Newsies for the first time, actually, this past what was it? I rem I think it was sometime this summer. It was either summer or it was almost summer. I can't remember exactly when it was. Um, have you ever met Caitlin Epling? Yes. Okay, yeah, so she was in it. She mm-hmm. she played Newsies. I forget exactly where it was. But Is yes, it, at JRT? I, no. Wait. They did Newsies semi-recently. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, I don't think it was there at JRT. I, it was somewhere else. It was like at... um. Uh, I wish I could remember it. It's, it was close to the. Um, I want to say it was n- near North Rhone Street, mm-hmm. or like in the the upper regions of John City, leading okay. up to Bristol. I want to say that's kind of the region where it was. <laughs> I wish I could remember the building's name, but yeah. So they did that, and I had never seen Newsies before, mm-hmm. like Disney or, um you know, theater or anything. I, I, I've i heard of it, and I heard that people loved it, like, loved it to death, but I had never seen it for myself. And so that was that was pretty interesting, because I kind of knew the storyline, but I had never seen it performed. Mm-hmm. So that, that was an interesting experience. I, I, I liked it. It was, really, it was really catchy. They threw, like... Um, they threw a uh, we don't talk about Bruno intermission thing like, in between, <laughs> like, the acts. That was, like, curveball. Wow. I was not expecting that. Okay, I'll say another one. It's entirely impossible because now I'm way too old. Uh, but Matilda from Matilda, because I love her so much. But I was way too old even when the musical got popular. So right, <laughs> too tall and too old. I've heard of that one too, but I've I've never I've never That's seen so it. What's it about? It's really good. Um, it's about like this magical little girl who can like kind of control things, and her parents are terrible, and, and just her school is terrible, and it's it's funny though. Gotcha. So do you mean like magical like um fairyland or like her imagination or um it's based on a movie i'm trying to think of the it's kind of hard to describe the plot she can like move things with her mind yeah yeah Yeah. she's a jedi (laughs) (laughs) but it's a good one yeah that's pretty cool yeah, I've heard, I mean, there's so many shows. Like, I feel like I, I want to be more like in the loop, you know? Because <laughs> everyone in the cast, they mentioned all these shows, and I'm like, I'm sitting over here, and it's like, I've never heard of these. I'm like, man, yeah. I feel I feel so disconnected. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? You know, they mentioned all these shows, and I'm like, what? That ex- this show exists, you know? <laughs> That's a cool thing about it, though. It's just mm-hmm. there's so many types of shows and it's just amazing it's kind of and something I, for everyone yeah and i love how all of us we can talk about it and then yeah i'll hear a new one i'm like oh my goodness i have to look this up or like <laughs> i have to listen to the music from this or something right because yeah so did you get a chance to, I, I know this was before you before you came into school but did you get a chance to see the um the play clue that milligan did no i uh, heard a lot about it though because my brother went to see it and so he like sent me a video um of him and his friends like right after it was done and they were like it was so cool we did this <laughs> and this and yeah uh, they loved it that's so, cool and they knew i was coming here next year so they were like hey and you get to do this next time i was like oh <laughs> nice yeah, it, it was a it was a pretty fun show. Um, Hannah got to play the uh, the maid. She, yeah. she did a really good job, <laughs> and that that was honestly that was. Um, I think the show was fun because cl- 
Clue was always one of my favorite board games growing up. Yeah. It's like, oh, murder mystery. You gotta find out who killed <laughs> who killed the person. Because, uh, I mean, the, half the fun is just finding out who died, you know? <laughs> and he's like, I must avenge his or her death, you know? Because I, I, I was always Mr. Green every time because green was my favorite color. And I was like, I'm going to be Mr. Green if I have anything to say about it, you know? And then, oh, Will and Ryan and I talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. Um... And it, it was really funny to talk about, and I, I don't want you to feel left out or anything. No, but, you're good. But so there was um, one moment in the show that every single person broke character. Funny enough, except for me, because I love to laugh, and I'm just sitting there, just Aren't staring her. What? Is this when Abigail? Tried? Yeah, when oh. Abigail <laughs> fell. Yeah, I don't know why. Like I'm always, I feel like I'm always the first person to break character, but that was like the <laughs> one time that I didn't, and everyone else was like dying laughing, and so it was, it was probably like the night that we had the biggest audience it was at least the night that our audience was like the most interactive like they were laughing at almost every single joke and (laughs) when it was abigail's turn she played mrs white yeah and so she comes out with her rope and she's like swinging it like indiana jones (laughs) and that alone was funny and then she accidentally trips and she like kind of falls into like a half lying down seated position and she has this look on her face like what do i do and she's like staring at colton who is playing the butler um and she like (laughs) throws it at uh colton who's standing kind of right behind me it goes right over my shoulder (laughs) and so will and ryan we were were talking about it because will was over with ryan and sam and they were like in a football huddle like trying to get together and just like i'm not sure they were were trying to do something because they were all like dying laughing because you're funny yeah they had like the mic on stage (laughs) right yeah you know and they had like the mics in so if they started laughing everyone would be able to hear it so they're trying really hard they're like ah (laughs) it was just such a beautiful moment as a testament to abigail's acting she what was so funny is she stayed so in character right she was in these heels and dress and she like totally wiped out while she was swinging this rope around but like on the ground she was still trying to be like menacing with the rope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and honestly, and that that's like the best part about it cuz when you um you know you're a good actor when you can break character or do something unexpected and the audience thinks that was part of the show, <laughs> you know, cuz she made it look so natural. She like falls down and well, I mean, she was already trying to threaten people with a rope. Right. She was like, <laughs> everyone else had like a gun and a knife, and she was like, stay back, I have a rope. <laughs> <laughs> I will stab you with this rope, you know. But yeah, so she throws it, and um, oh, it was uh, Bethany. Uh, she was playing Mrs. Peacock, and she's trying so hard not to laugh. She's just screaming and screaming and screaming because she knows if she stops screaming, she's going to start laughing. So she has to stay in character and start screaming. So all this is going on, and Bethany's going, scream, 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 while the whole thing's going on. And I, what, what, what were you doing? I, I missed your... I was dead. Oh, that's right. You were Spoiler, dead. Spoiler, I forgot. No, yeah, yeah, that's right. You were dead. I was dead, Thanks too. Thanks to Abigail. So. It's fine. I'm not bitter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if Gwendolyn suddenly is not in the show anymore. <laughs> mm, right. Vengeance. <laughs> We've already teased about that so many times. We're like, so if Mrs. Prism was just, like, poisoned, that, that would fit with this show, right? Right. Just to carry on the tradition of her killing me in every show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you the dreaded question. Have you ever broken character in a show? No, that is 
the correct answer because it wasn't in an actual show. Right. There was, like, a preview-type, like, performance where some people were there, but it was really a family show before we did the actual show. Mm -hmm. It was for Arsenic. Oh, Um, oh, really? Yeah. So it was, like, just our families, and we were getting ready to do, like, the the real show on stage. Um, But another actress and I were supposed to be carrying this dead body off stage because we were like the murderers is a murder mystery type show. Mm -hmm. And and so there was a character who wasn't quite with it. And we'd convinced him that we were holding a funeral for this dead body. And so the previous run, he just like followed us off the stage. So like we were carrying the body and he was just like following us off. And then the director was like, so, uh, this is just like awkward that there's so much silence. So, so Harrison, you just say something. And so (laughs) he then the next performance at the preview just starts performing like a eulogy over. He's like, this is the reason why we are all gathered together today (laughs) to celebrate the life and loss. And like, he just ad libs this whole long eulogy while we're carrying this body off. And the other actress and I are just like trying so hard not to laugh. (laughs) And we had like tears down our cheeks because we we're not expecting a eulogy for this guy that we had just murdered. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounds so funny. I wish I could have been there for that. That sounds, that sounds so funny. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely a very funny moment. But besides that, I really haven't broken on stage besides maybe just like a smile for just a split second. Overall, right. like, pretty good. Got to keep that, uh, face of steel you know gotta gotta (laughs) that's the goal i gotta stay in character right (laughs) i'll break in rehearsals constantly oh yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) because i mean and that really that's when that's when the time that's the time to to break character because then you can get desensitized to it (laughs) and then when it actually happens you're like haha i've heard this joke a million times it's not funny anymore you know or not as funny at least i mean i think i don't think it's going to happen with importance being earned i think it's always going to be funny yeah but. Well, and I feel like the heaviest like dramas are the ones who get the most morbid jokes True. between the cast members and are the ones that there's the most breaks during rehearsal just to kind of like lighten the mood a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah you, you gotta have those things to break the tension, you know? But Ernest is so funny. We break all the time in oh, rehearsals. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Ryan and Will, they, they like... <laughs> The Jack and Algernon, just back and forth. Oh man, I can't wait to see how the audience is gonna react to that. And like, <laughs> so and, funny. And the 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 Miss Prism and Cecily is gonna be great too. Just seeing seeing them go back and forth. I feel like everyone in the show has like a pair or a mirror, and yeah. they just get to go back and forth and back and forth. Because you know what? I wish the show included a scene where the butlers got to meet. Yo, that'd be, <laughs> oh, that so, would be so cool, funny. right? Because. Joey, uh, he'll be he'll be on the air with Al and I on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was Joey who told me that his character, like part of the reason why he does it with that voice, is the guy's just really old. He just wants to die. Like he's Aww. he's just he's just so old and so tired of being a butler. He just wants to die and be done with it, but he can't because he's still alive. And he's just <laughs> like, Ugh, you know. And Al, he just loves being a butler. He's he he he, he <laughs> has so. the. Right, like he has that look in his face that says, "I'm a butler, and I'm I am supposed to be pristine and proper, but I love being a butler." <laughs> you know, <laughs> I would love to just see the two butlers get together, and he would just be like, "So, are you having a good day, sir?" And he is just like, "No, <laughs> I hate it." <laughs> you know, 
Now, Will's goal has always been to break me on stage. <laughs> really? Uh, he has never succeeded, ever, during rehearsals lots of times. But So we'll have to see, since this will most likely be our last mm. show together, uh. if he is able to break me. Yeah. Which he, the answer is no, he will not. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. He won't. Oh, yeah? No? <laughs> he He'll be so disappointed, he'll be crushed. He, he will, but uh, <laughs> he won't break me on stage, I refuse. <laughs> How about you, Peyton? Have you ever broken character on stage? Um, not really, actually. I've, like, um, yeah, th- every once in a while I'll crack a smile, yeah. but then, um, there was one time, though, we were doing Shrek the Musical <laughs> in high school, and I was about to come on stage, so luckily I was off stage, so no one could see me, but mm-hmm. our Shrek, he was, wearing, <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a costume, like, he had, like, stuff, like, tucked in his shirt to make him look <laughs> bigger, you know, and so, but he walked on stage, and he was doing a little dance, <laughs> And then the insides of his shirt just fell out. Oh, on no. stage. So then everyone on stage, we were like, uh, and then he was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> and then he decided to like pick it up and like move on with it. But I was backstage and oh. I was about to go on stage and I was just laughing so hard. I didn't, I honestly, yeah, that was one of the funniest like breaking character moments like in high school. Oh, man. I yeah. would have died. Oh, wow. That. <laughs> Just, like you know something awkward happens that you never prepared for and you have to try and play it off yeah just, like, especially like costume malfunctions exactly, like that where yeah. it's just like, right. like what do I there is like, nothing yeah. it you know and when when you said like the 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 stuff under his shirt fell out he's just like <laughs> oh hey look it reminds me of frozen when olaf goes oh look i've, I've been, been impaled, impaled. <laughs> yeah like my organs are falling out <laughs> right you know funny enough i um i looked up sort of well i was i was using like a uh name generator thing Mm -hmm. and there was an olaf came up actually and it said it was gaelic and it showed the definition Mm -hmm. it is everything opposite of olaf really (laughs) yes like the name olaf like you know olaf is like it's like oh yay happy door yay flowers yay like his name literally means like vengeance or something (laughs) also like if we didn't think of the snowman like olaf does kind of sound like an intimidating name like olaf the impaler like (laughs) i feel like that could be scary yeah right or olaf the impaled (laughs) right yeah i mean and names like they're so they're so important really because you have to have that name that like sticks with the audience's memory you know mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what really is <laughs> just zubel <laughs> i don't know if the audience would just forget zubel. that one it's just zubel yeah <laughs> miss prism miss prism is really easy to remember because i i remember i think i made like a rainbow joke at one point because mm-hmm. i was with with your last name it was like miss prism i was like yeah, rainbow joke. <laughs> I I don't remember who I said it to, but they just looked at me and they was like, "Wow," <laughs> you know, because that's the great thing about puns is that it's never <laughs> it's never any middle ground. It's either, "Oh wow, I love puns. That was so funny," or "I hate you. Get out." You know, <laughs> yeah. there, there's like no middle ground. It's one or the other. It's interesting. I was reading about why Oscar Wilde chose the name Miss Prism for the character, and it was basically just saying that it kind of refers to just like the fracture in her personality of that duality, that it was an intentional like kind of how it refracts light, that it's kind of like different spectrum of personalities kind of all squished into one character. That's ingenious. Mm -hmm. That's really smart. Wow. I had no idea. That's really cool. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
And Cecily is really easy to remember too. Like Cecily is such a pretty name, you yeah. know, like for the show. And I, I don't, I think every time I hear the name, it makes me think of something. And I think I just remembered what it makes me think of. It makes me think of the country Sicily mm-hmm. in the the Mediterranean. It also makes me think of. You've fallen for the classic blunders. Never joke with death when a Sicilian's on the line. I, I got that line backwards. So, you know, never mess with a Sicilian when death is on the line. And, uh, <laughs> this, yeah, that's that's great. And those names are like easy to remember because you know the last thing you want is the audience to be watching the show and then someone comes out and you're just like, oh no, I can't remember that character's name, and you have to wait for the script to say something oh, and be I like I remember names oh really like, I don't remember names in real life much oh, less on you. stage but <laughs> that's my own personal failing <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know I mean like some brains just work differently you know I mean because I know let's see um my mom remembers I want to say she remembers numbers better than mm-hmm. names I'm kind of both. Like I, I, or I think I remember names better than numbers. I'm especially good with faces. Mm-hmm. I remember faces really well. I remember names pretty well, but sometimes I forget because I'll be like, "Oh, I recognize that person." Hi, you. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah, you know, I've never actually done that, but you know, or where I said, "Hey, you," you know, but there's no. You just avoid the name. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. hey, how are you? Just doing? pretend, pretend you know it. Right. <laughs> Do you until have you make it. <laughs> an easier thing, Peyton. Names or faces or numbers. Or... Um, definitely not names. Yeah, faces. Because I can like it was hard like coming first coming to Milligan like meeting so many people all at once <laughs> like I would literally walk up to them and say yeah I know I met you but I don't remember your name at all but and I would have to have to ask them a couple times yeah. but yeah definitely definitely faces mm-hmm. so yeah that, with with those like faces and, and names because and you have to you know it makes you think of you know when when you when you think of yourself in these aspects of um, oh I remember faces better or I remember mm-hmm. names better you think of how would my character react that way? You know, it's like, does Cecily remember names or faces better? Or does Ms. Mm-hmm. Prism remember faces or names better? And you, it's it's great when you can just be in rehearsal and think about all these different aspects and be like, okay, this is how I would react in real life. How would this character react? Because then you, you kind of have to divide it up because you have to take yourself and put yourself in the character's shoes but at the same time, you also have to try and let only the character show and mm-hmm. not yourself. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a, a tricky, tricky combo. Have Have you guys ever had trouble with that, or has it always kind of come naturally? Well, um, I've I've definitely had trouble in the past. Like sometimes it's even harder. Like when the character is similar mm-hmm. to my own personality, because then I'm like oh, yeah, this is how I usually am. So then parts of, like, Peyton will just come out in the show anyway. But, um, but yeah, it's definitely... I completely forgot what I was saying. So <laughs> you can go ahead. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't generally tend to try to stop it when parts of myself are coming through, just because it, that makes it seem more natural. And if there mm-hmm. is something that I genuinely have a connection to, then... I'd say that's a good thing. So overall, I'd say it's more difficult when I don't feel like I have anything in common with the character, and I'm like, well, hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah, because you have that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it, and it's it's cool that that, that that's the other aspect of it. Because sometimes you know you have you have characters where you think to yourself, um, 
okay, this character is pretty similar to me. You know, this should be pretty easy. But sometimes you just you want that character that is nothing like you. Mm-hmm. You know, because that way you can like test your acting skills. See, more. that's why bad guys are fun. Yeah, yeah I mean that yeah. that's true. That's true. I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like I do enjoy like playing the bad guy if he's a good bad guy. Like I because I don't know. I mean, you you do need like those those characters sometimes that are that are mean just to be just to be mean for the sake of it but at the same time i feel like if you're gonna be evil or even mean you have to have like that a really good reason for doing so because a lot of the times in movies nowadays especially movies when um you have when like the main characters in high school or in college Mm -hmm. for like one of the main conflicts almost every single time it's always bullying that's one of the main issues which, I mean, in real life, that is one of the main issues. Right. But you're not going to have a lot of super villains in typical high schools. <laughs> true. Yeah, but at the same time, you're just kind of like, you know, it's, it's the same thing over and over. You know, it's always just bullying, bullying, bullying. It's never something interesting like, you know, one of the professors is a serial killer, you know, or, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I necessarily want to watch that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, would, it would be like one of those, you know, murder mystery shows. You know, maybe it's like, you know, it's a... A mystery among the faculty, you know, or you know, that would be interesting. Have, I think you should write it. You should make it happen. Yeah, like make a movie where instead of the main character, like it shows a kid going up to the score, and then psych, the main character is the professor, you know, and then have like a whole <laughs> whole show about like the faculty, and uh, the professor <laughs> has to go around and figure out like who is behind all these murders. I mean, you know, I think you've got it all f- all figured out. I've yeah, seen let's that before though. You have not a thing. I'm not sure. I don't think it is because. At least not that I recall. They usually always focus on the students, right. you know, for, like, the main character. It's never... Well, actually, no. I take that back. I have seen a movie once where the main character was a faculty member. Yeah. Um, This one guy, he was... I think he just kind of, like, hit a really rough point in his life. Mm-hmm. And he got this job as, like, a substitute teacher. And, like, from the moment he walked into the classroom, he just acted like he didn't care. Mm-hmm. Like, he basically said, okay, you guys know the homework, do it. And he just, like, sits back in his chair, puts a book over his face, and takes a nap. <laughs> and so he has to, over the course of the movie, he basically f- refines his purpose in life. Or he refines his joy in life. And it's really cool, because at one point, he gets energetic and he actually gets into teaching the students. And it's so good to see this new side of him. It's like he's just turned a new leaf, a totally different person. Because he, like, um, he jumps on a couple of the students' tables. <laughs> and he's, like, standing on each one with his legs. And he's, like, sw- and he was talking about, like, the bloodstream, I think, in science. He's, like, yeah. swirling his arms around, like, when the blood does this, what does that mean? You know, one of the students, like, raises his hand and says something. goes, yes! You know, he's, like, it's super <laughs> into it. And it, it just kind of, like, does one of those montages where it shows his change in life. That's, mm-hmm. like, you know, a very cliche thing to do. But he, um, this one was, like, really heartwarming. And there was one where he's outside. They have, like, this model rocket, and they light it, and the rocket shoots up in the air, but it, like, kind of alters course, and it smashes through one of the taller building's uh, school <laughs> windows. And then he just turns and points at one of the bigger kids and goes, I think, I want to say his name was Dalton. And he goes, it was Dalton's fault. And they all just <laughs> run away. <laughs> have you seen Avatar Last Airbender? Um, a little bit. So good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it, it reminds me of that time with Iroh, because there's one point when um, uh, he goes through the Earth Kingdom city of Ba Sing Se. It's like the capital of the Earth Kingdom. And, you know, he's just kind of moseying along, doing his own thing, and he sees these kids playing uh, ball, and they were, they're, um, 
they're using earth bending to mm. play soccer, which is really interesting. <laughs> and so uh, one of them misses where they hit the ball with the earth bending and it goes straight through this guy's window. <laughs> and Ira walks up and goes, it is usually best to admit mistakes when they occur and seek to restore honor. You know, and this guy, this giant hulk of a man just puts his face, his face is literally, his head is bigger than the window. So when he looks in, like, you can only see, like, this much of his face. Everything else is hidden. He goes, when I get through with you kids, the window won't be the only thing that's broken. And Iroh goes, but not this time. They all just, like, take off in different directions. Oh. I love making TV show references. <laughs> because, I mean, you know, it's all entertainment, you know, because, like, I mean, theater is really just watching a movie, mm-hmm. but live. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you get to watch the movie play in person instead of watching it already be done. You get to sit and watch the movie happen right in front of your eyes, which is probably one of the aspects that people find most attractive about theater is because, you know, they hear about this story and they're like, oh, that sounds like a really cool story. And they go buy a ticket and they sit in the audience and they can just sit there and just watch the story unfold. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that that's kind of one of the things that I really like, too, because, you know, and it makes people feel special, you know, because yeah. you're just like, I don't have to go and just buy a CD. I mean, that was like, you know, 10 years ago and finally get around to watching How to Train Your Dragon, you know, or something like and like good actually movie. be there when it happens. Please tell me you've seen How to Train Your Dragon. Yes. OK, love good. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, so it's just. It's just one of those things I think people really connect with. Well, and that's what I love about theater is it's really the only art medium that the audience has an impact and the people who are viewing it do have an impact on the performance where like painting, nothing's going to change about the painting by you looking at it. And movies, nothing will change. You will see the movie over and over again and nothing will change. But the way that the audience responds impacts the way that the actors perform and it really is this give and take between the audience and the performers, Mm -hmm. which I find really cool. Yeah, it's so cool how you can just like feed off of the energy of the audience Mm -hmm. and then oh yeah i love it it's just there's just a special magic about like seeing something like in person and knowing that like the people have put so much work to like memorize their lines and like get into these characters it's really it's really cool and you can tell they kind of alter their performance based on how the audience is responding where it's like if there's a certain type of joke maybe the audience isn't responding to very well they might pull (laughs) it back a little bit or like kind of just adjust to the audience's response which is so cool oh yeah and that's when you know you've done a good show when you can see the audience like connect with what's going on Mm -hmm. on stage like um what professor francis was talking about the other day about how um you know those kinds of um uh kind of a couple like marriage or love story jokes that are in the play where like the wife will be like nudge your husband and be like oh you were like that when we first met and then the husband will like nudge the wife be like ha you were like that, you know <laughs> yeah. and he's just gonna just do yeah. this whole thing and that's really what makes a show great is when it's personal when it makes mm-hmm. it personal but not in, of course you know in a good way where you, you're sitting there and it's like you know what? i never thought about it like that i was just like that when i was in high school you know or something like that yeah that's 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 always a always a good sign that the show has done its purpose yeah. and that people have come here and have fun are able to see it and just really connect with it. Mm-hmm. Well, unfortunately, we are about out of time, so I'm probably going to have to call it here. But I just want to tell you guys that I have thoroughly enjoyed being here in the station and getting to talk with you guys about theater and a bunch of other things that probably did not have anything to do with the show. <laughs> 
especially my TV references. But no, I, is this, really, that's just the purpose of the show, just sitting here and talking about theater and our experiences. And so I've, I've really enjoyed getting to sit here and talk with you guys. So thank you for coming on here and being on the air and, and everything and just being here. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And I look forward to seeing you guys in rehearsal tomorrow morning for the show. And uh, I am, I just found out, I am actually allowed to say that the show is 10 bucks if you want to buy tickets. So, everyone. Yeah. yeah. It's so much fun. It's be epic. Yeah. Come <laughs> see it. You'll cry. Well, you probably won't cry. You'll honestly probably just laugh. Or <laughs> you'll, it'll be a good time. Or you'll cry laughing. Or you'll cry laughing. Yo, there you go. Yeah. That's how you'll cry. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, this is Behind the Curtains. I'm your host, Caleb Lehman. Tune in next time, which will be on Monday at 4 p.m. We'll have Al and Joey playing the butlers. Thank you so much. Y'all have a good one.